Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spoilers ahead for The Lord of the Rings. Hey everybody, welcome to the first in a series of very special episodes of Screenwriters Rewatch. This week we are going through The Lord of the Rings here at the Script Department. We're doing all kinds of weird and wonderful bits and bobs all about Middle Earth. And here we are delving into all three films over the next three days and giving you our take on whether they deserve their place in film making history but more importantly if they deserve their place in the earth covered script department vaults but before we get into that don't forget to like share subscribe check out our previous stuff on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube wherever you get your podcasts remember you can always pop over to the script department website uh, where we have a global network of screenwriters doing very interesting things today I'm joined by John and Caleb hey guys as we take one step and go further from home than we've ever been before. That's right. Today, screenwriters rewatch The Fellowship of the Ring. Hey guys, how we doing? Hello. All right. Exciting, isn't it? Love this. <laughs> this is my favorite exciting. film. <laughs> I will I will I will declare I normally I normally I, I'll ask you guys what your biases are when you go into these things and we'll do that. <laughs> but I'm gonna declare my bias straight up front. This is one of my favorite films of all time. I love it. I've seen it, I think, once or twice a year, every year since it came out. Um, I've seen all the appendices. I've seen all of the stuff. It's my favorite of the Lord of the Rings films. I love it. I love it so much. Now, you discuss too. Caleb, you go. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm the same way. I grew up on these. Um, it's the biggest part of my childhood. I have so many miniatures so many i have i bought like all of the lego sets whenever they did that run um it's just yeah it makes me happy i played all the video games uh we watched it basically once a year uh we would do on i think the day so new year's day we uh my family would get together and just we would watch all three in one day oh nice that is the best experience it's so long but whenever it ends it hits so much harder because yeah. you've been on you feel like you've been through the journey to mordor because it's 12 hours so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so that's uh yeah it just holds a special place but yeah i would say top five uh in my favorite sure. films I'm, go- I'm gonna really piss you guys ah. off here I have, <laughs> I have no love for lord of the rings as a franchise but I think this is probably the greatest achievement in cinema history. 
these mixed films. mixed like, messages like, there yeah yeah like no like yeah. don't get me wrong yeah. like, I, I, I can sit there and watch these films and my jaw is on the floor like oh, i yeah. Yeah. i am just i have no idea how he made this and i'm pretty good at this kind of stuff at figuring this stuff out and I have no, I'm like, oh, I get it. He used it. Oh, no, that's not a body double. No, okay. Uh, and he's like, oh, I get it. He made a, he made a small set. Oh, no, wait, no, that's actually a regular size set. <laughs> you know, I have just no idea how he made these films. Um, I think it is the, it's like, if cinema is a magic trick, this is the greatest magic trick ever, you know? Um, and, but, but the reason why, and I, and I, you know, I said in our very first Godfather discussion, I think Godfather is the greatest American film. Um, I think this is the greatest accomplishment in cinema history. These films, they, there's, there's just the, the hurdles they had to overcome to make these films, the, 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 just everything, even create, like, forget about just the, the complexity of making the film, just how inaccessible this story is mm-hmm. to most yeah. audiences. And yet we are, you're not the only one. I guarantee everybody listening to this is like, yeah, yeah, I do my annual Lord of the Rings as well. You know, um, everybody does. And the reason I say I have no love for it is that I'm not married to any part of this. Like when people say, oh, but that's not in the books or that's whatever. I don't care. I, you know, I'm way more forgiving of The Hobbit because of that. And, and I have way more time for The Hobbit than most people do because of that. Um, and because I don't care. I just like, is this a good story that I can plug into, that I can connect to? And I teach Lord of the Rings every year um to my screenwriting students it is masterful yeah you know and like for somebody who doesn't like fantasy that much i could watch this yeah yeah it's forever it's amazing i think i think the thing the thing for me about it is that it is a it it, it's it's fantasy of course it is you know and and it's and it's pretty high concept stuff as well you know there's a lot going on there but it is so grounded and this film in particular, focusing right in on on the Fellowship of the Ring, it's so grounded as an idea, and and it is so straightforward. It's such a perfect first act to a story. It so perfectly delivers all of these. It tells you all of these characters. It tells you all their backstories. You get to know all of these individuals, even though there are like a bunch of characters. There are so many characters in this film, and all of but none of them feel underserved, apart from maybe Legolas. But we'll come to that later. Um, but the um, but you know this it is it's it's such a tight structure and to and we we're talking about um adapting the adaptation of uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit a little bit later on this week um I think we do we're talking about that on Friday um but the um the way but to touch on it briefly the the way they managed to pick apart this vast story and to condense it down into this um is is extraordinary and I think that's because John they approached it with that mindset the way the way you approach it, that Peter Jackson's gone on record has said, you know, this it's a film first, and we have to make it a film mm. first because otherwise it just it just fails. And I think that's a, yeah. I think it's a it's a great lesson for for screenwriters is that you you have to tell the story that's right, not the story that you necessarily want to tell. If that makes sense, like it, no, absolutely, to... and and you no, but it, you hit the nail on the head right there. It's he made a movie. He didn't do an adaptation. I know it's an adaptation, but it doesn't... I don't feel like I should have read the books. Like, sometimes when I'm watching a Marvel movie, I feel like I would have gotten more out of that moment there if I, had, if I knew a bit more about the characters from the comics. Um, I feel like you need, you know, uh, sometimes as you need that backstory, that context in order to be able to make sense. Or sometimes you feel like they're, they're throwing in these winks and nods that are very clearly winks and nods aimed at people who have put in the, the, 
you know, um, like the true fans. Sometimes, you know, filmmakers can be un, un, unknowingly patronizing a little bit that way. I never felt that way with, with Lord of the Rings. You couldn't pay me to read the books. That's what I mean when I say I have no love for this. Like you couldn't pay me to read the books as much as I love these films. I just have no interest in, in, in expanding my understanding of that world or anything. I just want those movies. And what he gives is, to me, pitch perfect in that because he made a movie first foremost and yeah so i like yeah it's it's just damn good filmmaking it's just damn good filmmaking is there anything that jumped out to you guys that on this rewatch this coming around because you know as as we say we we've all we've all watched this a lot of times we've seen this a lot of times is there anything there's, there's a few things that jumped out to me this time watching it with a slightly more critical eye i've never turned i've never turned my screenwriting eye to the Lord of the Rings before because it's it's just well I have actually that's not fair but not in this way um, and so there's a few things I noticed is there anything you guys picked up on this time around? Yeah, so yeah, I think I've never really looked at it through the the screenwriting lens um, mm. just because the script for me growing up seeing the movies I was like seven when the first came the first yeah. one came out so like it was one of those things that I always just accepted and just thought it was perfect. And, you know, like didn't have to dive into the structure or um, like the, you know, critical theory of, sure, of the movie. Sure. Um, and so, but yeah, so on, on this rewatch, uh, I, I, I rewatched the extended cuts, uh, which nice. I think are the, the only cuts, <laughs> no. um, but you get some, you get so much more out of it. Uh, yeah. and so like on this, on this watch, like, um, really what stuck out to me is how great Boromir's character is. Oh, um, wow. Like, and I've never really had that appreciation for it. Um, and like, because of in the extended cuts, you get so much more understanding of the politics of gondor and and his father and his brother which comes in the later films which we can talk about but really setting up his character in this movie to then be killed off at the end um like i always took that as like okay well like he wasn't a big character uh, i didn't have like love for boromir like i didn't really see the tragedy in his character as much um especially like now with his father um so yeah like just watching that with that through that lens was just really great and then uh his him and uh aragorn's dynamic uh just like it's it's so deep um it to me it might be one of the best things uh and maybe it's because it's fresh to me but i was really intrigued by that it's so complicated as well, isn't it? You know, the the for Boromir to look at to look at Aragorn, he is everything he he should as a man of Gondor want hit the return of the king. That's that's everything he should want. But the steward is his father. And so there's so there's so much conflict, there's so much complicated conflict there. And it and it's it's so beautifully expressed in the sequence in Rivendell with the shards of Narsil. Um, and they, the you know the 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 way that they both interact with that sword, um, and you learn so much about those characters there. And Boromir looking at this this you know the the um, the hilt of this sword with reverence, and then just letting it fall on the ground. But, oh yeah, you know, whatever. And then regretting that, and then Aragorn coming. You know, it, it's a it's a beautiful moment in in screenwriting. I yeah. think apart from uh, well, you know. Yeah, and like with with the end, uh, 
I, I think to me, it felt like this is what propels Aragorn's character, like from the, the structure um, of the screenplay, like where it's what causes him to, you know, start to change um, and to not to stop running from his, uh, his family and his heritage. So yeah, it's really, I don't know. It's, it's easy to overlook, especially as a, a younger viewer um, and to just think of it uh, or just, just to not let it sink in and be as deep as it is. So the Boromir is, is, is he is the, um, he plays such an important role just to show the danger that lies ahead. He foreshadows the threat of what the ring can do. You know, that like a, a warrior as, 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 as great as him could fall victim to the ring and its seductive powers. And if he's already falling victim to that, imagine the threat that awaits Frodo, you know, yeah. down the this road. This little thing. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a great foreshadowing of that. But also what I love about it is that, you know, he plays an important role. Forget about the mythology of it or forget about, you know, what we learn later on and about where he's from and so on. But just he plays such a great role in, in just he is what you can become if you're not careful. Um, and it's great that he gets to redeem himself by sacrificing himself as well, because he gets his own arc. You know, most of the, you know, this is the first film in a thrill in a trilogy, and they're already giving us f fully formed arcs that complete. You know, and these characters walk off stage. Then, you know, and it's it, what an achievement to be able to not only. Give you and I again. I don't know how much of this is tied to the books or is Peter Jackson, but just in that movie itself, to be able to give you a fully functional character that shows you this is who it could be, this is who you can be, if you're not careful, but also give this person a great arc where they redeem themselves and so on and so forth as well. Is just he becomes a hero in his own tragic yeah. story, and that's just brilliant and screenwriting. Now most writers barely managed to do when they're the protagonists of the story. And he's a yeah. side character who comes into it at the halfway point, you know, it's yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. I think like the last point I'll make on that is like it, to me, it's also really interesting that he is maybe the most significant character death and it's in the first movie. Uh, so early on, like his, whenever I was watching it as a kid, I was like, okay, who's going to die in the next ones? Like, like oh no is are, like Gimli and Legolas are they like in trouble um and so yeah it's just really yeah it's really interesting to can you imagine if Game of Thrones did that oh wow <laughs> what an amazing idea yeah. <laughs> let's not compare someone should, to someone should no, write no. that <laughs> Sean Bean is the only through line <laughs> For sure for sure no no it, it, it's it's amazing I I I want to talk about the um I want to talk about the structure that uh, we've touched on the structure a little bit, but, but I, the thing I noticed this time around, and it's more of a, it's more of a scene, I suppose, and a moment in amongst all of this, when it's, when they reach Rivendell and they, and Frodo, Frodo is, um, he, he wakes up from being stabbed by the ring wraith and all this, that and the other. And the movie treats it as if he's done. And he's walking around and he's, and he's like, you know, you have the, everything, everything, the music, the way it's shot, everything about it is saying he's done. 
he is done with his quest. He's he's done his bit. He even says he even says to um, Bilbo, "My adventure turned out to be quite different in the past tense." You know, and and all, all of this stuff is going on, and he's just this kind of add on to at the Council of Elrond and all this, that, and the other. And it tells you, and I, I, I tr- it's very difficult to put put yourself in a position of seeing this for the first time, um, because I, I don't remember what it was like to see it for the first time. I was about seven years old as well. I have no idea, um, but I can imagine that as a as looking at this for the first time, you would, you might go, okay, so so now we're looking at maybe Gandalf or oh Ar- Aragorn might take it now or all this stuff, and then and then for Frodo then in in that moment to stand up and go, I will take the ring. And you get that wonderful shot of Gandalf just going, ah, oh, oh no, I, this is everything I didn't want to happen. And it's so, it's so brilliant. And it's so it, brave, I think as a, as a structure point to, to go, no, 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 he's done. And we're going to make you believe he's done. We're going to really make you believe he's done, but he's not. Aha, gotcha. Mm. You know, it's and it's what keeps it so fresh and what keeps it so interesting, I think. And and uh, and again, it's... you know, he's not making this for the on the assumption that you know this story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's making this. <laughs> yeah. He's you know what I mean. And again, it would be so easy yeah. to to fall into the trap of assuming well, everybody's read Lord of the Rings, you know, right? And 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 it's not. It, most people haven't finished Lord of the Rings. I know loads of people who it's their failed reading quest. You know, yeah, it's sure, their, sure, sure. It's they, 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 every time they go on a summer holiday, they're this time I'm going to finish it. You know, and they never do. <laughs> um, so I love that he, Peter Jackson, was smart enough to know and play with that. And Peter Jackson mm-hmm. is a master, by the way, of playing with your understanding of a story because if you go and watch um very different film but if you go and watch the the is it the lovely bones uh with yes. Sir Ronan, yes, there's a yes. moment in this so you know from the trailer you know from the poster you know from the premise of the story that she's going to be killed she's going to be murdered that's not this is a film about <laughs> the aftermath of her yeah. being murdered right and there's a moment when she's sitting in a in a in a in a in a coffee shop or something. And there's a guy behind her out of focus. He's a big guy. You know, he looks like he could, you know, in movie land, he could be a villain here. You know, he lo- he could be a threat, you know, and, and he's just out of focus and he's looking up and cat and noticing her and going back down to his food again. He's all out of focus the whole time. And she's just kind of daydreaming and, and her voice is narrating the scene. And then she interrupts herself and says, "Oh, by the way, it wasn't him in the background. That's yeah, Mister. Yeah. That's Mister Armstrong down the road, who you know um, was good friends with my dad growing up, or something like that. You know, and it's just you. He knows how audiences watch movies, and he knows how they think, and he knows how to downplay moments and then build them up and subvert them and everything. And he's an expert at that. Um, but just on your point, sorry, just on that scene as well." You know, one of the great things about this film from a structure point of view, about this series as a whole, is that not only is the entire trilogy just a perfectly paced three-act structure, but the each movie is a perfectly paced three-act structure movie on its own as well. Like I talked about Barmore and his and his in his completed arc in that story. Um, if you look at the if you consider that the end of Act One of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the formation of the fellowship at Rivendell. Then that is literally that that's the moment where you swap discs in the extended edition DVDs. Yeah. Like yeah. like <laughs> like like um 
Peter Jackson was was clearly trying to say, okay, what's the scene where we're going to just close the disc now and say, you know, move to disc two? Well, we'll do it as the, the formation of the fellowship. So he's even thinking about act structure when he's breaking up the discs. And it's, it's immaculate. It's the halfway point of the movie. And if you think about the one is to two is to one rule with pacing, with act structure, second act should be twice the length of the first act or the third act. Yep. Then this is it. This is perfect pacing. You know, the, the formation of the fellowship. And then you head off then. It's, yeah. uh, Where are we going? <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible structure. Incredible pacing. Um, and yet, and yeah, yet he I've manages, to, and yet he manages to subvert your expectations as well. And this is, and this is the, this is what's so clever about that is that it is, it is by the numbers structure, um, and yet it's subversion. I, I just think it's, it's so, oh, bad. I just love this yeah, film. It's so yeah. difficult for me to be objective about this because I love it yeah. so much. The, even like going off of your like the you talking about Gandalf, uh, like just the look of that he gives whenever Frodo accepts like the quest. Um, he like, there's a, there's multiple shots in here that are, they don't use dialogue for Gandalf to like say what's going on in his mind. They just use expressions like in the mountains, whenever they decide to go to Moria. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's just like, mm. he knows like, mm. but he, he knows what's down there but leaves the decision up to frodo and like once he decides then he's like again like man (laughs) so like there's that's just like using that to and not like telling the audience through dialogue uh like are you sure you want to go down there (laughs) like stuff like that it's just yeah yeah, it's it's next level so i think that it, it all comes down to as well you know the You've got when you're when you're writing a film like this, you have the entire completed works, not actually not completed works, of J.R.R. Tolkien as your um, as your treatment, you know, and and that's a that's a hell of a thing, that's a hell of a starting point. And I think you, whilst I agree with you, you don't need to you don't need to have read the books to to get this. I think, and and I don't even know that it enhances it that much, to be honest, as a as a film goer. But you feel the world you feel the depth of the world and the understanding of the world. And there's so there's just, there's texture in a way that you, I think the law, um, the star Wars films are often credited as being this, you know, amazing exploration of world and, you know, creating this lived in kind of world, nothing for me on the Lord of the Rings, you know, the way, the way it, it, it delves into that as an idea and uses this mythology and this, this uh, deep history, to back up everything it does is um again masterful and i think and i think that as well i think the fact that they shot these films in tandem they shot them in three and edited them in three and it and it works together they are one motion picture they are one story and you know again the act structure things like that but it comes down to when you see the thing that another is one of the things that really struck me this time around is the continuity and you, so you look at Gandalf is riding towards Minas Tirith, and he's going right at that very, very opening kind of bit. He's riding towards Minas Tirith, and it's just there in the background. It's really, really far away, but it looks the same. And I know that's like a silly thing because, well, it should look the same. It is the same. But a lesser filmmaker who perhaps would have taken this over, made this film first and gone, well, let's see how it does, and then we'll make the other one, might have tweaked the way it looks 
a little bit later on and might have done this. It's the same with uh, the Nazgul riding out of Minas Morgul. Um, it looks the same. We don't see these locations again until the third film, and and yet they are perfectly in balance and the same. And it's this and it's this richness of the world that is there in the books and there from the source material, but they bleed that in through just careful planning. And also, just the the commitment to the long game is is amazing in this, right? Think about the way Gollum is used. Gollum has become one of the biggest pop culture phenomenons of all time, right? Just in general, right? As a, a you know, we you say my precious, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Oh, it's that gray dude from that movie. Even if you haven't seen the movie, right? If you're the one person who hasn't seen it, um, and the way he's used in Fellowship of the Ring is so smart and so reserved. You know, we we see him in the prologue very briefly uh, when Kate Blanchett is narrating. By the way, Kate Blanchett's narration in the opening is the greatest narration in the history of cinema. Morgan Freeman can take a back can take a back seat. <laughs> there is nobody, yes. nobody yes. will top yeah. Kate Blanchett's narration in that yeah. beginning. That sells you on everything. Yeah. That it's is sublime. one of the greatest narration narration performances in cinema history. Because there is not a single person out there, like me, I shouldn't have enjoyed this movie as much as I did. And I sat there, and Kate Blanche is talking, and I am hooked. Like, yeah. I am in it. And she could be narrating the whole movie for all I care, and I'm in, you know? She's incredible in that. Um, but she, she talks about Gollum at the beginning, and then we see the silhouette of Gollum being tortured, where he shouts yeah. out Hobbit or something like that, right? Shia Baggins, and then, yeah. Uh, Baggins, yeah. And then he sh- and then we see his silhouette following in the gl- the glow of his eyes when they're following him through the mine when they're follow- he's following them through the mines right now I guarantee you at some point the studio was Peter can we see this character because you know he's a cool character can we see him a bit can they maybe like swat him away or something or can he uh, can we just get a proper look at him like a really great look at him more you know in the film can he follow them a bit more out you know. Can we see him following him sooner? You know, I guarantee you the studio was like, I want to see more of Gollum because we can sell a Gollum toy then or something. And Peter Jackson, whether it was a note or whether it wasn't a note, he had the, he, he knew, no, no, less is more here. Let the imagination of the audience, let the imagination do the work because we will be salivating at the prospect of seeing Gollum up close and personal for a whole film then in the next run. And it's it's incredible. And that's why Gollum is so successful. It's Andy Serkis, it's the visual effects, it's the writing, <laughs> but it's also the fact that you had to wait a long yeah. time. You were teased, you were drip-fed yeah. that great character for so long. Um, it's why yeah. I think in, in Star Wars, we have a fascination with the Emperor characters because he's just this drip-fed character through two movies and then in the third movie, he shows up, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's that always works really well in movies. And he yeah. just had, particularly in a movie that had so much pressure to make money. Think about the pressure oh, on sure. Peter Jackson's weight. You, if this doesn't <laughs> make money, if this first film doesn't make money, you guys are screwed. Yeah, because we've already and, signed off on these other two yeah. and this is, this is a nightmare, yeah. And no, you could- They're coming could, out next year. Yeah, and he could very easily have- said, you know what? Yeah, come on, more Gollum. You know, we'll put it in the trailer. We'll do, you know, we'll, you know, it'll just sell more. T- no, yeah, yeah, we're going to wait. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the director's hand, isn't it? You know, we, it, come, it reminds, yeah. us, reminds me of this conversation we had about the Godfather and, and, and the idea of um, 
just waiting and and taking your time over things and and you know and i th- and i feel like and this is an interesting experience i think doing these rewatch um episodes because i think while we are while we are rewatching these things i think you begin to pick up on things that happen throughout all of these great movies and like and and one of these things is time and just allowing yourself time to explore these things and not rushing you know the the extended cut of the lord of the rings is uh nearly four hours long cool fine take your time T- take longer take five i don't care just make it just make the film that it should be um which uh, which is just so great um it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I, so we've talked, we've waxed lyrical on why this film is is so great and it is and and uh, and as much as it pains me to ask this question what doesn't work quite so well with the fellowship of the ring and i I feel like you've got something in your back pocket there john but so i'm going to come to caleb first and see don't come don't come to me first (laughs) (laughs) okay okay this is hard (laughs) all right so i i do think this is as close to perfect storytelling as you can get i really can't think of stuff that like twist my arm i i can't think of anything to to rewrite for the i'd be rewriting for the sake of rewriting yeah for sure because you're because you're telling me i have to i genuinely don't think there's anything here that i could or would want to change um and i don't think i'm alone in that but I mean, not in this group (laughs) yeah exactly right um and i think it speaks volumes by the way that Everybody you talk to says, oh, yeah, extended edition all the way. Like, no one, there are very, very few films where people would take the four-hour cut over the, you know. And and the other thing as well is I don't think you could, you could, I don't think you could ever expect Peter Jackson to do a re-edit of this film or anything like that either. I don't think, I don't think that would ever happen in a million years. There'd be uproar. And, um. Whereas I can understand why George Lucas, for example, would have tried to enhance Star Wars because he's trying to create this synchronized set of movies that all kind of look the same, like Jabba the Hutt will look the same in each movie or whatever, or, you know, the visual effects will hold up across three movies or whatever. You know, we had more money in this movie than we did in this movie, et cetera. But I I don't think you could ever pay Peter Jackson enough money to ever re-edit those films. Like for him, four-hour definitive edition is the the way this film is, you know, I imagine. and. So I again I I don't think there's anything I could cut or would want to cut or re-edit or rewrite or anything in this. But one thing I will note, one thing I have I do chuckle at occasionally when I watch these films is the way they as they're entering and it's a very basic vague kind of example here but they'll enter they'll be moving towards a cave or a mine or, the, or you know a, a, a an ominous location and then Gimli or somebody will say, oh, I've heard stories about things in this place, you know, yeah. and then they'll go in there and there's things in this place, you know, and it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's always, it's always, we only hear about the, 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 
the potential dread as we're about to enter into the the place. There's yeah, outside yeah, of, yeah. Outside, outside of Gollum, there's very I don't want to say there's little because I don't think there is I don't think that's incorrect, but there doesn't seem to be as much emphasis on foreshadowing or or long-term foreshadowing if that makes sense i don't know maybe i'm wrong in that maybe i'm misremembering it but it it does feel like um it's it's we only ever hear about the potential threat right before and the hobbit is very guilty of that as well here's a sword by the way and it lights blue when goblins are nearby or orcs are nearby or whatever and then it's oh suddenly lighting blue now you know and it's you could have got this earlier and kept yeah. it in your back pocket, like they do in Lord of the Rings, actually. But um, sure. but there are lots of moments where it's people narrating how bad the place can be, mm-hmm. right as we're about to go in there. Yeah, and, I, th- I think that, right. that to me I... is my own. That to me is my only gripe, and that's not even a gripe. That's just no, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah. I noticed that on this viewing, um, uh, whenever they're going into the, they're in the mines, they're going into the tomb, uh, and maybe it's just in the extended cut if i remember correctly but they're talking about mithril and i had never noticed how like they talk about how much it's worth like it how it's like worth more than the shire or whatever um so yeah like but then that's you know setting up for the the eventual uh stab from the troll in frodo so but like that's a cool little thing that i picked up on this this time around so the, bi- yeah, the biscuit the- continuity is a problem for me the uh oh, the, the biscuits biscuit that the biscuits they're given mm-hmm. uh i know this is more of a two towers conversation but uh i don't think i'm <laughs> yeah, going to be yeah. in for that one okay yeah yeah he eats so <laughs> if one bite is supposed to fill you up <laughs> he should be dead i mean sam they're hobbits i don't That's care why sam- they can do it they're hobbits they eat lots sam, sam should be dead 10 times over <laughs> from <food point. laughs> You know? That is a oh I love yeah I do love that you know what all of all of the hobbit stuff I know I said let's talk about the stuff that doesn't work but all of the hobbit stuff in this is just so great and that the the mm. do you think they know about second breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. I don't wonderful. think he knows about second wonderful. breakfast. And and how great as well that the these comedic characters yeah go on such an emotional roller coaster by the end like you know by the time you get to um. By the time you get to Return of the King, and you've got, oh my, I'm sorry, I'm really bad with the names, Pippin, Pippin, and he's yeah. singing a song. He, you know, he's now a knight, oh, yeah. or um, uh, he's, I don't know what his ward of Rohan or something, yeah, or Gondor, Gondor, something like that, yeah, yeah, of Gondor, and he he has to sing this song, and he has to risk. He's now sworn his life to. You just think this guy just wanted to get high by a river, you know? That was yeah. it. That's that's his lot in life, and that's all he wanted, and. Yeah. And but what's so amazing is, like you want to—that's the whole point of these movies. You want to live that life. You've got to fight for that life. You've got to earn that life. You know, and it's—you can tell this was written by a man who fought in a war, because it's very much don't take home for granted. Um, that's just Im- embedded throughout this entire thing. It's—it's it's too easy to just sit there and let other people fight for you you know and 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 i and i love that that kind of uh i mean i don't think i would ever be brave enough to to, to do anything close to what these characters have to do but it's 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 wonderful to see them grow on that mission on on those quests yeah, um, yeah. you know for sure it, it's it's yeah. uh yeah yeah go on Kevin. oh uh 
so another thing that I noticed on this viewing uh, is a lot of a lot of people love to give Frodo crap about like oh it's so heavy you know by the end he complains all the time but Frodo is just like beaten down over and over in this movie like it is just unbearable yeah it is yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and so and that was just this this movie so uh yeah i just but, i i really felt the weight of that um he's oh, not kind of, as good as well he's stronger than boromir like yeah like, yeah, and, yeah. Pe- and people give him shit over that like that's that's <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's the thing is that you know it is it is it is remarkable yeah the 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 that whole thing his whole arc of of doing that and i think that i think it's a possibly a performance thing that's one of my issues there's a couple of performances i think just don't land here um but that but you know and i think again twist my arm elijah wood i i don't think always necessarily i think he's a bit of a whiny performance but i think that's possibly i don't know how else he'd do that really you know because the because the moment you stop him being a bit whiny then you lose I think some of the weight of it, I don't know. But one thing I did notice for sure is when he's stabbed on Weathertop, because of course, you know, like you say, they're just giving him crap the whole time. Um, <laughs> one thing I, I noticed this time, and go and look at this section, because you'll never watch it the same way again, and I'm sorry for telling you what I'm about to, I'm about to say. The Witch King gives him sass when he does this. Because he stabs him because he, he Frodo he's like he's doing the ring and everything he's like, I'm gonna get the ring and Frodo goes like this and the, and the witch king basically goes oh, no yeah. <laughs> and then oh oh god and stabs him <laughs> it it killed me this time it's sass it's proper sass yeah, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, it's how dare I am the witch king I'll have you know no man can kill me it's, <laughs> you know what I mean it's <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yep. it's it's really funny. But uh, on the on that point though, um, the uh, on performance point of view, I think all of and actually a character point of view as well. And again, you know, we're twisting arms here and looking for things. Um, in terms of characters being serviced properly, I do think Legolas is a little bit shortchanged because he, I again, I think is a little bit of a performance thing there with Orlando Bloom. I think he's he's not given an awful lot to do. I don't think, uh, other than to kind of swing around and you know shoot stuff, and in the the few moments where he does have a little bit of an emotional moment, that you know, there's his response to uh, Boromir's death. I I don't know. There's some there's something there. I find when I'm thinking about these characters, Legolas is just whilst he's cool, there's not a lot going on there. But then, how do you make a you know? It's kind of like the Star Trek problem with Vulcans. You know, how do you how do you make this ancient being uh interesting it's difficult but, um, I, but I thought I thought they uh, you know again coming to this without having any preconceptions of what these characters should have been or anything and not like just taking it for face value in the movies I um and I should say by the way you know I never really properly watched or enjoyed these films when they first came out it was one of these cases where I would I would watch them in bits or I'd watch them on TV it'd always be a distraction I never really had the the kind of the um it was a, it was only actually when the first trailer for the hobbit came out that i said i really need to go back and properly like i knew all the scenes i'd watched them so many times but i'd watched them in chunks you know it was always with friends or they, i think i'd watched the two towers several times in in its entirety but again I'd, i don't think i'd ever watched the extended editions and i went and got the trilogy when the hobbit trailer came out i said all right i need to do my homework on this properly because i really don't want to 
I don't want to kind of just, you know, kind of just half-ass this one. And, and it was, you know, I, I went through them and, and, and I was watching with my screenwriter hat on as well, you know, in that period and so on. And I, I think I was maybe doing my master's at the time or something. So I was kind of just, yeah, had that kind of academic mindset on. And the one thing I really love about Orlando Bloom's character is that he's, he's, he's like the, the bodyguard in the first one. And by the second one, it's almost like the buddy cop relationship uh is is coming and and you're right he doesn't he never really has that emotional punchline you know you you kind of expect maybe Gimli will die and he'll like shed a tear or something for Gimli or something like that maybe <laughs> like it could go down that road but you're right I mean there is no emotional arc really I don't think is there um but I do but I do love the the idea that he's just a badass bodyguard I don't really consider him to be that meaningful as a character in the first one he's just kind of no He's background material more than anything. It's I think mm. it's hard to it's hard to separate that though because it's Orlando Bloom, right? So he's like yeah. one of the biggest movie stars of the 21st century, and he's a background character in a, in this movie. But he's also you know? he's also the only background character in in the main characters. You know, all all of the mm. others have have that. You could argue maybe Gimli, but he has such a he has such presence, and no, and yeah. he does actually. Yeah. He has he has his arc as well with them. Um, uh, with Balin and um, and the the kind of the minds of Moria and everything like that coming out the other end of it, he he has that. All of the others have something going on um, throughout this whole thing, and Legolas I think just stands out and he sticks out for me a little bit as being um, underserved. But it, you know, if you were going to underserve any of these characters, and I am nitpicking, if you're going to underserve any of these characters, then yeah, sure, you you go with that, and then. And then you, and then later on, you give him the thing. So maybe, maybe it's not underserved. Maybe it's the long game again. Maybe it's Peter Jackson looking at the long game and saying, you know, no, we're gonna, we're gonna make him quiet in this one, so he can be, so he can be more in the next one. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to say, but it's, and I think also it's difficult now to se- separate the the Hobbit version of um, Legolas with with that because you know the that this isn't this isn't about the Hobbit, and I don't want to go into that too much, but the. Um, you know the the his inclusion there i do think retroactively harms his his stuff in the lord of the rings because he is so much more mature not just facially though facially he's so much more mature emotionally in the hobbit films than he is in the lord of the rings films it's difficult to reconcile mm. the fact that that's yeah. before it's kind of yeah. weird i would agree with that actually yeah um but quick question is you mentioned balin uh uh, Gimli's Gimli go. They go into the cousin. mine. They find that he's looking for his cousin. He finds. Is that a character? Is that one of the one of the dwarfs from the Hobbit that he finds that he yeah. mourns? That he mourns. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. the name is. rings a bell, obviously, from the Hobbit. I'm terrible yeah. at remembering the names. He's a uh, Balin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. There's lots of them. The, the Balin is the, if I remember rightly, is the gray-haired, um, kind of wise dwarf. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He was he was my favorite actually in the uh, yeah. in the Hobbit movies. Um, oh, he's great. And so yeah. and and so is the the story is that he perished down in the mines. Yeah, yeah. I think as my understanding of it is from from expanded. I was going to say expanded mm-hmm. media, but it's not at all. My God, I'd be shot <laughs> and stoned <laughs> by talking fans. That um, <laughs> um, the I, my understanding of Balin's story is that he he leaves Erebor after they've taken it. And he finds his way. He goes and he raises an army, and he goes to reclaim 
Moria uh, from the goblins. He does this, he manages it for a bit, and then the the uh, the goblins come back and overrun uh, what's left of the dwarf kingdom. That's my understanding of it. Um, I may be wrong. That breaks my heart, Marcus. What that 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 happened to him? A Balin perished. Yeah, I just assumed it was just. I mean, I, I, I. You see, I always, I never watch them all back to back. I usually watch like The Hobbit one year and then Lord of the Rings the next year or something like that. Sure. And it's the, uh, and so I always forget the name, and I just never bother going on IMDb or whatever. And it's just, yeah. it's just a. Uh, I'm just in the moment. I don't want IMDb to be ruining this, you know. So, oh, sure. um, yeah, but yeah, that, that makes me sad now. Thank you. It's a real. It's a real. It's no, my pleasure. I'm here for that. It is. It's a. It is a. It's a tragic. It's a proper tragic arc that, and um, and it's and it's interesting. The but that again, we're talking about the, you know the depth of it. They're they're referencing things here, and I did find the what the great thing about the the Hobbit existing, um, now, and there aren't many great things about that. But one of the things where that's great about the Hobbit existing is where Bilbo says, um, in this film, I meant to go back. I meant to walk the the paths of Mirkwood and the the you know the things of the Lonely Mountain and everything you can kind of go, oh, I remember when you were Martin Freeman. I remember when that was a thing. And I remember what these people look like. And I remember all of these things. And and there, and there is something lovely about that um, that does, I think, add to add to this picture, though it's not necessary. There's something, okay. there is something nice there. Question for you both. Simply okay. yes or no. Should they go back, re-edit the prologue scene in fellowship of the ring and put martin freeman instead of ian holm in that prologue moment where Ga- where bilbo finds the uh, ring yes or no marcus no caleb no 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 way <laughs> i think yes i think Don't absolutely they should Don't do that I, the, re- the reason the reason i made that face is because i would love that because it's because it is it would tie it together it's the george lucas thing and all this that and the other but the reason i said no in the end is because it's the george lucas thing and stop messing around with films you know this is this is is perfect as it is don't mess around with it it's fine we (laughs) we already believe in a world where there's orcs elves dwarves fighting for one ring we can suspend our disbelief for ian holm looking like martin freeman (laughs) (laughs) i think they'll do it i think they'll do it someday do you think i think they will i think they absolutely i I could see it happening for sure but it wouldn't question is will the the question is will they do will they use the amazon series as a way to do some sort of uh, (laughs) (laughs) no oh god oh god oh god yeah the amazon the amazon thing is gonna be interesting because it's you know that that's maybe a conversation for another day but it'll be as far as i'm aware it's it very distinct from the peter jackson uh trilogy you know they they have some of those characters i think are popping up in there i'm pretty sure galadriel pops up um and she's not kate blanchett which is a shame for me um because you know as you say john she was so great in that so but i I think it's pretty speaking just on that as well like how amazing is it that this this these three movies became the 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 definitive um the definitive Bible for every single spin-off of Lord of the Rings to come, whether video games, mobile games, t-shirts, artwork, comic, spin-off comic, you name it, whatever. Everyone always, like all the the orcs look like the orcs from the movies. Gollum always, like there's a Gollum video game coming out, a very, like a big AAA one. And guess what? It looks like Peter Jackson directed it. You know, it's, how amazing is it that 
he created the definitive visualization of Tolkien's work. Now, I don't know if there were sketches or if there was any oh, no. sort of conceptual artwork. Was there? A huge uh, amount, yeah. Yeah. No, didn't he take yeah. some from, well, didn't he take some from artists, like well known artists who yeah. had like interpreted he, his work and mm. just like ones from history? He literally, yeah, he literally hired the, the two most prolific Tolkien artists and said, hey, can you do concept art for us? And they, okay. and so that, that that's one of the reasons why. It, it all it all matches up so beautifully because they mm. they went to the source as it were they went but to does these, it um, but hasn't things. Peter Jackson become almost like the curator of it now like that that it's oh, almost sure. it's almost yeah. like yeah. his movies have become because you know I go on go on you know deviant art or any of it you know and look at the look at the kind of the the artwork that people do for Lord of the Rings. It is so heavily. <laughs> I mean, you can tell it's it's movies. The influences are, are clear, yeah, for sure. Go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But why would you? But why not? You know, it's it, and mm. I think I think it's it's I think it's almost art, uh, life imitating art at that point because they had because there was this wealth of talking art pr- that preceded the films and then they involved that same style in the films. Then you then at that point is it the films that they're mimicking or is it the artwork or are they inspired by a mix of both? It, it, it all becomes the different thing, and I wonder if that's why the fans of the Middle Earth are a little concerned about the Amazon stuff coming up because perhaps they are because the whilst it was whilst it was a film first, it was very faithful to the the artwork and the and everything that came before. Um, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. But is it Tolkien's artwork? No, no. not his artwork. No. Yeah, so it's and, it, and did he have did he have a say in the artwork? Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You see, that's the thing, is that it's all it's just different interpretations and it's not like Tolkien was like, Yep, that's Gollum. Yep, that's a Balrog. You know, so it's just at a certain point I think what I think is fascinating about these movies is they've almost become the definitive voice or the definitive visualization of it that it's if Peter Jackson shows this design as Gollum well then that's what Gollum looks that's like that's probably you know, what he looks it, like yeah yeah you know yeah, and yeah. you kind of feel like he's become the the custodian of yeah. the, the of Tolkien's mind or something like that if that makes sense yeah I would I would say that they're just as important as the books. Um, like I think you can separate them and and say they're two different uh, pieces that you can of story or of mediums that you can you know uh, that you can read or watch at any time. Uh, but they're they're separate, but they're they're equally intertwined um, to like to each other. So yeah. I think you're right. I I think that they they reference they reference each other perfectly, and the the everything everything surrounding Tolkien tends to be very self referential and and kind of work in that circles there, which is which is so great. And I think it's I think that's what makes these films so so wonderful and so enduring is the is that level of um of reference there, um and not to mention just damn fine filmmaking work, and, and that really is. That really is the main thing. So I think I think we can pretty pretty conclusively say this, but I'm going to ask the question as I always do: Do we put this one in the script department vaults? Are we now becoming the custodians yeah. of it? Maybe <laughs> sure. we are. 
Do we put Peter Jackson down there too? Do we keep him? Yeah, let's, let's put <laughs> yeah him we, we preserve him. Let's put yeah. him down there. <laughs> you, um, never know. you know what? You know, you know what? Like when you think about the the place that Lord of the Rings has in literature uh, and 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 our culture, and then you think about the place that for most people, for most film fans, Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings trilogy has in cinema history and and its place in cinema. It's incredible. It's so rare that you find a, a piece of cinema that is based on a book that carries the same, arguably the same momentum and weight and accomplishment as the source material um and and i think yeah just it's one one amazing rare lightning in a bottle achievement if lord of the rings had been made a few years earlier it wouldn't have been like this it, andy circus would have worn prosthetics um if it had been made a few years later closer to when the hobbit was made it wouldn't have it would have looked like probably more closer to the hobbit or would have looked like maybe the third or fourth harry potter movie um the idea like to be a fly in the wall in the pitch meeting where when peter jackson pitched it a man who had no track record for these types of films with this type of scope um pitching it probably around the same time as uh the wachowskis pitching the matrix again they didn't have a track record for that kind of film um I, I don't believe a few years earlier, a few years prior, these films would have been made in anywhere close to this level. Mm. You know, um, it's, uh, it's the the story the story of how they got Lord of the Rings made is one that is documented um, all over the place. The appendices for these <laughs> films is yeah. uh, is is uh, a treasure trove for filmmakers. Um, and they and the the original plan was for these films to be made in two. Um, and then they ended up going to New Line Cinema, and it was a last-ditch effort after they'd uh, looked as though it wasn't going to work, and nobody was interested. And they, uh, the the executive, sat there and kind of going, hmm, "Yes." Hmm. And then they think, "Oh well, crap! You know, this is never going to happen." And then he turns around and looks at him and goes, "Why would you do two? Why wouldn't you make three? There's three books." <laughs> and they go, oh! and it's suddenly, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, and and there we there we have the Lord of the Rings, you know, because. Because yep. thankfully, and and you know, imagine, imagine trying to squidge this story into two films, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. Um, and you know, it's yeah. And the, and the most unlikely hero of all of this is Peter Jackson. I mean, they're like the the guy who, go, you know, great filmmaker. But look at his catalog before Lord of the Rings. It does not speak to this is your guy, is it? No. I mean, when Spielberg did Jurassic Park, he was the guy who did Jaws. When Cameron did Aliens, yeah, he was the guy who did Terminator. It made sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Peter Jackson just comes out of left field. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I'm going to make field. this. And makes the greatest accomplishments in cinema history as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I mean, it's that just amazing. Yeah. It's a um, thing. And raised the bar for everybody to come. Yeah. For sure, guys. I I can't think of a better way of uh, wrapping that one up. So I uh, I think that's I think that's perfect. Thank you for joining me today to chat about the Fellowship of the Ring. It's uh, it's been fun. It's been emotional. I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> can't wait. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and thank you guys for for watching. Tomorrow uh, we will have the Two Towers as well 
as part of our week of Lord of the Rings content. So pop along there uh, and see what we think of that one. I uh, I'm a little cooler on the two towers, so we'll we'll see see what everyone else thinks. How so, dare you, sir? I know, I know. So yeah, <laughs> come and join us. See the see the fight. Thank you very much, and see you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>